All right, we are having technical difficulties, but that's okay. We're going to go ahead and get right into introducing our guest. I am your host, K.L. Jones, and I'm so excited to be bringing this incredible phenom of a powerhouse to this virtual stage today. You're going to love her. You're going to love her story. I'm telling you, slide on up, get comfortable, and get ready to meet our guest a wife, mom, four-time award-winning writer, author, host, and leadership coach. Nancy A. Ruffin has graced the pages of Huffington Post, Latina Magazine, and is a highly regarded leader and philanthropist for her work in the advancement of the Puerto Rican Hispanic community. Whether covering star-studded red carpet film festivals, speaking on stage, or hosting events under her organization, the Fierce Woman Collective, affectionately known as the Latina Oprah, Nancy is on a mission and deeply committed to empowering all women and helping them to become a strong generation of women leaders. Welcome, everyone. We are so excited to have you here today. Give it up for my incredibly gorgeous guest, Nancy A. Ruffin. Hi, <laughs> Hi Nancy. Hi, darling. How are you, sweetheart? How's, how's How everything you? going? Oh, my gosh. Great. You know, it's always, this is live television, so anything can happen, but we love the anythings, right? Because we get to lean in and learn some stuff, but I'm super, super excited to have you here. Before we even get started, I want our viewers to take a moment to wish you a very happy birthday. <laughs> yes, yes, I celebrated my 43rd birthday yesterday. I, I'm just blessed. Listen, the Looking older I get, the, the more powerful I feel, like so many women I feel dread the aging thing. And I just love it because I feel like I keep getting better and better with age. <laughs> Listen, so powerful. I I saw someone's post recently and they were talking about dreading turning 40. And I'm like, girl, 40 is the new 20. Like it's embrace it because it's such a journey that it is. is full of discovery, right? And you, it, it's just incredible. Like I can't describe it. So for any woman that's watching this and you're dreading aging, change your perspective, right? Like shift it and embrace the journey. There's wisdom that comes with it. And if you're yeah. aging, that means you're still alive. So Yes, ma'am. You know, and for me, I really feel like I stepped into my own once I turned 40. It was like mm -hmm. life completely just shifted for me because you get this, this 
confidence that you didn't have before. You really don't care as much or even at all about what others think of you. Like you really grow into yourself, I think, at 40. And I really feel like that's when I truly started just walking in who Nancy is supposed to be because I'm doing I'm doing me and I'm doing what I love. Um, and those who love it are, you know, being attracted to me. And those who don't um, are falling by the wayside. And I've learned to be okay with that. Like I've learned to be okay with not having to please everyone. Like as long as I'm happy, I'm good. That's perfect, right? Because there's so many people, especially women, like we get caught up in what other people's opinions of us are and we give too much power and weight to that, right? So I'm glad that you said what you just said because it's leading me into this very next thing that I know is always a hot topic of conversation with you. We're gonna dig into hashtag the Latina Oprah. <laughs> Listen, you know, it's so um, it's so funny that you mentioned that because um, I initially started using that hashtag mm -hmm. because I'm a firm believer in visioning and visualizing what you want to materialize and manifest in your world. And when I started thinking about what that meant for me and for my own life, um, I had to create like the biggest possible vision for myself and for me and i think for many women especially women of color i think oprah is just synonymous with that because here you know we see a woman who really started with nothing and she has just created so much not just for herself but just for so many people um and one of the things that really inspire me um, as it relates to Oprah is just her, the philanthropy work that she does. So it's not even um, the mogul stuff that's attached to her. And we know that she's a mogul. She's created a billion dollar um, brand in her name and in her business, but it's how she has used her fame and her wealth and her platform to really give back and never losing sight of who she is and where she came from. So when I thought about my own life and what I want my life to mean, like Oprah was that vision for me. So I started using the hashtag, the Latina Oprah. A lot of people um, didn't like that because for them it was like, how dare she? Like how dare she have the audacity to think she could possibly be as big as Oprah? But my thing is, if you're not dreaming big, then what's the point? Like, I'm not trying to have little dreams and visions for my life. I want to dream big. And in fact, I started to let go of that Latina Oprah hashtag because my vision now is to be bigger than Oprah. I don't know how that's going to happen, but you know what? It's not my job to worry about the how, right? God puts the dream in me. He puts the vision in me and I will let him figure out the how. I just got to do the work. That's so good, Nancy. <laughs> like I, I want to, I, I want to really dig into this idea of whether it's hashtag the Latina Oprah or something else. Like it's so funny because before we even met, like that was my thing. I'm gonna be the next Oprah, right? And one day mm -hmm. someone was like, "Why do you want to be the next Oprah? Be the first L." And I was like, yeah. well, "You know what? You got a point." But when you make these bold declarations in life, like what gives you the audacity? What gave you the audacity to say, 
to take on this moniker, to this, this position of power and say, this is how I'm going to put myself out into the world and stand firmly by that despite the thoughts of other people. And we know sometimes those people can be the people that are closest to us that we want to rally around us and support us. What was it that clicked for you that made you say, you know what, I'm owning all of this unapologetically? You know, I will say that I have been really just blessed with the people that I have around me, uh, particularly my family, my parents, my sister, uh, my husband, like even like my aunts, uncles, like everyone. We're a huge family. We're really close. And they always encouraged me to follow my dreams, no matter how ridiculous they seemed at the time, how crazy or far-fetched. Um, my dad always, my parents both actually, always instilled in me and my sister that there was nothing that we could not do um, if we applied ourselves and worked hard. And so that was something that has stuck with me for a really long time, I mean, for throughout my entire life. Not to say that I didn't struggle it with moments of insecurity or um, not feeling good enough because I think as we get older and as we uh, become more independent of that family structure and we're kind of out in the world on our own, uh, we have these other influences around us and we have the world that tells us um, who do you think you are and how dare you uh, dream that big. Um, so that was really a very real part of my journey. But then there's another part that happens. Um, and for me, it was really kind of stepping back into what I call my source um, and the spirit that lives inside of me, which is the spirit of God, and reminding myself of who I am and whose I am. And ultimately, I'm a child of God. And if the Bible says that I am made in the image of of God, then that means I have the same God-like creative abilities to create something out of nothing. And so that was really what gave me the power um, or allowed me to step into my power as a creator. Um, and I've really just been taking that um, and just forging forward ever since. Just I know God got my back. And as long as I remember that and stay focused and know that he is the only one in control of my life, I'm unstoppable. You better come on with that fire word. Unstoppable. Like you just have to, and there's something that has to take place with inside of you. If you're going to live this bold, audacious life where you really are living out your dreams every single day. Right. Yeah. So let's really get into dreams though. You don't just have this dream to make this incredible impact using the gifts and the knowledge and the talents and wisdom and experience God has allowed you to have. But long before the Latina Oprah, long before the Nancy A. Ruffin that we see today online and in the media, you had another dream. And mm. I want to get into what that dream was about because sometimes people give up on their dreams. They feel like it's a dream deferred right? And when it doesn't happen, right. we, we start feeling like God doesn't love us or we're being punished or we're not good enough to receive and live out the dream. So I want to dig into this dream and you talk about it. You talk about it, um, mm -hmm. but I want you to really get raw 
and talk about the experience. We're, we're digging into the beauty behind the brand and that entails a lot. So let's get into this big dream that you had years ago and you felt like it was a hidden promise and a dream deferred and that's motherhood. Talk yeah. to us about your journey to motherhood. You know, it's so strange um, the way our dreams come to us because for a long time, becoming a mother was not a dream of mine. I was very um, career driven. And so even though I got married at a really young age, I was 23 when I got married, um, becoming a mother or being a mother was not a priority. It wasn't even something that I had thought about. I did not, I wasn't the typical girl or woman who had dreamt of what her marriage was going to be like or her wedding and I didn't dream about becoming a mother and having, you know, two children, a boy and a girl. Like that was never my dream. My dream was always to be a successful career woman and career I I leave that um as a broad term because I was really open um to uh, many different things and when the desire of becoming a mother entered my heart, um, it kind of just happened from one day to the next. And I think what happened for me was I turned 30. And I think with any major milestone in any woman's life, um, we start to evaluate our lives in comparison to what the world says we should have accomplished by this certain age. And so when I turned 30, um, on paper, I had accomplished everything that, quote unquote, the world said I should have. I was married. I had um, purchased my first home with my husband. I had graduated college. I had uh, a bachelor's degree, master's degree, like everything. On paper, I looked great. And these were all dreams um, or goals that I had set for myself. And so I accomplished them. But when I turned 30, I still felt unaccomplished, if that makes any sense. I felt like there was something missing in my life. And in spite of all of my accomplishments, I wasn't happy. And what that really required of me was to kind of dig deeper into myself to understand why, even though I had achieved everything that I said I wanted, why was I still feeling this void? And so that really led me on a path of spiritual, um, uh, like a spiritual journey and just really looking within myself to figure out like what is happening um, with my spirit and what's happening in my soul that has me feeling unfulfilled and unhappy. And in spite of having all of these tangible things, these external things, um, internally, I felt empty. And so um, when I really allowed myself to be honest, um, I realized that what I was missing was having a child. And it wasn't anything that I had thought about in length. It was just something that was revealed to me through the spirit work, um, the soul work that I was doing. And it's funny because once you start asking yourself these these questions, these real self-reflective questions, and you're not really sure on how to answer them, God starts moving the pieces in your life. God starts putting people in your life that are going to help you 
answer those questions that are going to help you on that journey. And that was what was happening to me um, starting in 2010, because that was when all of this really started happening for me. And that experience, that desire to become a mother um, led me to seek out, well, I wasn't really seeking, but it led me to a woman by the name of Gloria Rodriguez, who is my spiritual mentor. She is someone who I really credit all of the work that I have done and I have birthed since then because she was the model for me. And on that journey of motherhood, um, when I became bold in affirming that I wanted to be a mother and I verbalized it, um, I allowed myself to release all of the fear that had been holding me back from becoming a mother. Because back in 2010, um, my husband and I had already been married for nine years. I got married in 2001. And during that entire time, I had never gotten pregnant. I mean, the entire time I was with my husband in a relationship, like that had never happened. And so when I turned 30 and I started thinking about motherhood, um, my internal voice and kind of that negative voice started messing with me because I'm like, well, maybe I'm broken. Maybe there's something wrong with me because I've never been pregnant. And I, I felt like I was broken. And I, I wrote a poem about this. And I, in the poem, I say I was a broken clock that would not tick because I felt the very purpose of my existence, right? Um, women are created so that we can bring forth life, so that we can keep humanity going. And so I felt like the very reason I was created, um, I wasn't worthy of doing that. Like, I, here I am, a woman unworthy to create. And it was something that really uh, messed with me for a long time. Um, but through the spiritual work, through working with Gloria Rodriguez and the group of women um, that were in her organization, they really helped me through that. They loved on me. They reminded me of who I was, that I was a child of God, and that any dream that I wanted, any desire that I had was a desire and a dream that was put in my heart by God, and that God would not give me a dream, and he would not give me a desire without also giving me everything that I needed to make it manifest. And so, um, me and my husband continued trying when I finally became pregnant um, in 2011. It was actually, it was like one year from when I started really doing the serious um, soul digging work um, that I became pregnant for the very first time ever in my life. And at that moment, I felt it was just an incredible joy that I can't explain unless you know what it feels like to want something so bad and then you finally get it and it's just that euphoria and excitement of feeling like, wow, God has finally answered my prayer. And so we were pregnant. And you know, in my culture, traditionally, we're not supposed to announce pregnancy um, until the first trimester has passed because it's supposedly bad luck. Because usually once you've survived the, the first trimester, then 
it's very likely that you're going to have a viable pregnancy and you're going to carry the, the pregnancy to term. But I was so happy that I could not contain the excitement. So as soon as I found out I was pregnant, um, like I pretty much just screamed it from the rooftops. I told all my friends, all my family. Um, and then unfortunately, a few weeks after that, when I went to the doctor to have like my um, the prenatal visit, um, we went to the first one, everything was great. When we went back to our second, um, the doctor had told us that he no longer heard the heartbeat. And I will tell you that it was as if I had just lost the biggest part of me. And I felt like God was playing a cruel joke on me because here I was finally on the journey to motherhood. God had I, I always say I I compare it to God giving me the baby, placing it in my arms, and then just snatching it away. Um, and I was heartbroken. And I remember during the the doctor visit, um, the doctor asked if um, I wanted to have a DNC, and that's pretty much when they kind of go in and remove the the dead fetus out of your body. Um, but I was in denial and I was like, no, I'm not going through that. If this is God's will and if I am supposed to miscarry, then it'll happen on its own. Like I am not going to aid in that process. Um, and so I didn't do that. And I didn't tell my family or any of my friends um, that I was going to miscarry because I was in denial. I did not want to believe it. And in my heart, I felt like... I would carry this pregnancy to term. But God had other plans. Um, and I did carry within the next couple of weeks, just like the doctor said I would. And I was broken for a few months. I was confined to my bedroom. I would not get out. I didn't want to see anyone. And um, even my sister, who I'm extremely close with, she is my best friend. I didn't want to see her. Um, and it got to the point where she actually drove to my house and just was banging on my door and she wouldn't leave. And she's like, if you don't let me in, I'm just going to stay here knocking until you do. Um, and eventually I did. And she laid with me in the bed and, you know, she didn't say anything. Um, we just hugged and she loved on me. Um, but from that, um, I had to decide, okay, if this is a dream that I truly want, I have to keep trying because at first I didn't want to try there because I there was no way that I could survive another miscarriage. But the thing about dreams is that when they're there and when they're in your heart and when they're when they're placed there by God, there's no denying them. They're always going to be there. They're always going to be gnawing at you, waiting for you to do something about them. Yeah. And um and that that's what it was. So I decided. Um, to continue the process. And I will tell you, five months from that miscarriage, I got pregnant again with my oldest daughter. She will be eight in July. Um, and she was the greatest, greatest blessing. And I recognize that had I not had that, I'm getting, oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> had I not had that miscarriage, I would not have the daughter that I have today. I would have had another child, whoever, you know, and I still hold that baby in my heart. Mm -hmm. But the one that I have today, the one that is here today would not have been here. And so 
oftentimes when we think that God is denying us, he is really preparing us for something greater. And that is the lesson that I got from that because I don't know what would have been with that other baby. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I know that the one that was supposed to be here is here. And it's the greatest blessing that I could have ever, ever asked for. Talk about a powerful testament to what we often, the world often calls and refers to as dreams deferred. You just mm -hmm. said it. Like if you hadn't had gone through that experience, as painful as it was, you wouldn't have been prepared to receive the blessing that you did. And, and, and it's hard to see how things that hurt us are actually protection or a blessing, right? And then, and I see you, I know you are such a loving and caring mom. I love watching your babies. They're so full of life and joy and they definitely have their mama's personality. <laughs> so it's just so beautiful to witness. And as mothers, as parents, we, you know, part of our life's work and mission is to build legacy, something that we can leave our children with when we leave this place, you know, our, our physical form. We want our children and their children's children to be able to inherit this legacy. Yeah. And I love the approach that you've taken to creating your you know, creating and solidifying your own legacy, not just through public speaking and media, but you are a leadership expert. You're a writer, a published author. We've we've seen your your promo trailer, right? Like you've been featured in all of these major places, but part of the most impactful work that you have done and continue to do is one writing love letters to your daughters. Yeah. I want to get into um your books and, and why you decided to pin these open love letters to your daughters, but also something that not only they could inherit, but help other women and mothers and even dads, mm -hmm. you know, really look at how they too can create and leave a legacy for their children. You know, for me, um, the writing is very organic and writing for me is how I process emotions and it's how I heal. And so when I was going through the trauma of losing um, the first baby, that miscarriage, um, I had already been writing to my unborn child before the miscarriage. Like I had journaled the entire process, what it had been, what I felt like when I found out that I was initially pregnant and then what I felt like when I lost the first baby, and then again, what I felt when I discovered that I was pregnant for a second time, it was just me documenting my process. And I journaled throughout my entire pregnancy. And so that journal really became um, my second book, Letters to My Daughter, because it was all of the emotions that I was experiencing through that journey of pregnancy. Um, and there are letters there from throughout the pregnancy, from the birth, and then up until I think her first year of life. Um, and although I did it for myself, I then published it because I wanted other women who may have found themselves in the same 
space, going through the same thing to understand that they're not alone. And also to document the importance of telling your children how much you love them, how much they were wanted, that they are here on purpose, that their lives are not a mistake. You know, and so I want my kids, my girls, to know that their lives matter. And their lives matter because God created them, because they were wanted, because they are loved. And that I want them to always look within themselves um, to find that love, that they're never um, seeking outside of themselves um, for validation or for love or for any of that because they already have it within themselves. And that that's why it was important for me to write letters to my daughter, just so that they can know that they have everything they need already within themselves. One, because they are children of God, and two, because they are my daughters and because I love them and because I know that they are perfect exactly the way that they are. And in case they ever forget that, they have that book to remind them. And um, the writing, that's just, it's just, it's a natural thing for me. Yeah. And, and you're great at it. You're a phenomenal storyteller. You know, it, it's so crazy. Well, one day we'll share the story of how long we've known each other and how we met. And, um, but it's just something that I absolutely love about you. It's something that as a mom myself and as a wife, I it was easy for me to gravitate towards you and your work. You're, you're very, you do an incredible job at um, not just modeling, you know, to your daughters, how to be a virtuous woman and a woman who's unapologetic about not just her faith, but her beliefs and her goals and ambitions. Sometimes as women, you know, we can look, be looked down upon or talked down upon because we're too ambitious, you know, yeah. especially if you're a wife or a mother. And I know that there's no such thing as perfect, right? But you do such an, a perfect job of modeling what it looks like to fill those roles simultaneously and still go out into the world and make an impact in the lives of other women. So do you ever take your daughters with you um, when you're having your events or going speaking? Like how is how important is it to you for your children to see you actually doing the work outside of home? Like, do they have a yeah. sense of understanding? They, they do have an understanding. I, I took the oldest one once to an event. <laughs> it was a workshop <laughs> that I was facilitating for young girls because I, in addition to the work that I do with women, I do similar things with the youth because I am a firm believer that fierce girls become fierce women and you have to teach them from young what it means to be fierce, what it means to step into yourself, what it that it that it's okay to have big dreams, that it's okay to be different. So I do a lot of the, the same work with young with young girls, and so I took um, Avery once to uh, a workshop with me, and for the most part she was great, uh, but she wouldn't really let me facilitate because she's my child, so she wants to be up under me, and she at the time I believe she was five she made it before five so she didn't she was not feeling her mama getting all this attention from all these other young you know girls she wanted them to know that i was her mom so she was like glued to me for the entire event and it kind of made it a little difficult for me to do the work um, but it was important for me to show her what i do 
Um, and as she gets older, where she doesn't require as much of my attention and she understands that, yeah, mommy is working and she might be getting this attention from all these other girls and women, but you're the number one, you know, as long as when she's ready to understand that, I'm definitely going to um, incorporate her and my youngest into this work that I do because I really believe that they have to see with their eyes um, what I'm doing and how important the work is. And I also want to teach them the importance of giving back because I believe that to whom much is given, much is required. And, you know, I am so blessed to be able to do work that, that I love and that I'm passionate about. And I don't take any of my blessings for granted. They're God-given. And I believe that when God blesses us, it is our responsibility to use those blessings um, to bless others. Um, so she's only been to one event, uh, but I do plan on incorporating both of them into more events as they get older because they have to see with their own eyes you know, how important the work is. Oh, absolutely. And we are our children's first example and best model. And we have to be so aware, so keenly yeah. aware of that and how we carry ourselves and even, you know, the lessons that we're teaching them, even if they're implied, it's not always so much what we say, it's yeah. what we do. Exactly. How we show them to show up in the world. So you are a very diverse woman. We've talked a lot about you being a wife, a mom, a leadership expert, a community leader. Um, I really want to dig into a little bit more about the work that you do more specifically for the Latina community and why that's so important. And I know it goes far beyond the obvious of you being a Latina woman yourself, but what does it mean to support your community um, leveraging the tools and the resources and the experience that you have? And what words of wisdom do you have for women of color who are have such a deep desire to make an impact in their community? You know, for me, um, it kind of, again, ties back to blessings. Um, and I know that as a woman of color, as a Latina, um, as an Afro-Latina also, um, that sometimes we are not provided the same opportunities, the same access, you know, to, um, to opportunities. And it's important that as, it's important for me that as I kind of break through certain barriers and break down glass ceilings and push and kick down certain doors that it's not only for me that I'm doing these things for, that I have an entire community behind me that also needs the opportunities, that also needs the access. And so I've been very privileged, uh, you know, to, to come from a family that has always believed in education and not just formal education that we get, you know, in universities, although that's really important as well, because we know that we don't have equal access to those um, spaces either, because everything comes down to money and whoever has the money gets the access. And so since I've been really privileged, you know, to attend um, academia and, and earn certain degrees, uh, I feel responsible to bring what I've learned um, and help other women who may not have had the same access or the same opportunity. And I'm a huge advocate um, 
for equality and for equity. And um, I believe that all of us, as we continue to rise um, and privilege to be in certain rooms and certain spaces, that we have to bring others along with us. Because what's going to happen is that ultimately the people at the top who are making the decisions are not people who look like you and me. And we need more of us in those leadership positions because they need to we need to have people who look like us who come from where we come from who have gone through what we have gone through make the decisions that are going to impact us as a community as a community i mean we see even now the current state of this country and who our leader is and i don't want to make this political but sometimes leadership is so disconnected from the communities that they serve that they oftentimes don't make the best decisions for the greater good. And so as a woman of color, specifically as a Latina, I feel that I have a duty and a responsibility for other women who look like me to have access to the things that I have access to. And I do that because I also have daughters and I don't ever want them to be limited to what they can accomplish just because they're women and just because they're brown. Um, you know, so that's really why I'm just a huge advocate um, for women of color and for my community. And, and that's incredible. You know your why. You have your compass. And that's the thing that's going to continue to drive, drive you in the work that you do, even when it gets difficult. Right. So how has what you've gone through in your life and, you know, the setbacks and sometimes even the heartache and the heartbreak, how has that all prepared you to do the work that you do today and to be able to go out into the community and support these women to help them see something in themselves that they may not see without the mirror you're holding up for them? You know, Elle, one of the things that I have learned, and I've learned this later on in life, this is not wisdom that I had when I was 20 or even 30. <laughs> um, it really does require uh, a certain level of maturity to recognize that everything we go through, even the setbacks, even the the disappointments, the rejections, those jobs we don't get, all of that is really working for our greater good. Because I've learned that it's in those um, peaks of our lives, when we're at our lowest, that we really discover who we are and what we're made of. That's when we learn the most about ourselves because we're being challenged. We're being challenged to let go of everything that we thought was right up until that point and really rediscover um, something new about ourselves. And it requires you to go deeper than you've ever had. And you're not going to go deep when things are great. When you're, you know, when you're high and when you're happy and when you're successful, there's nothing for you to do except continue doing that. It's Listen. not until the moment that you fall flat on your face that you're like, wait a minute, what does this mean for me? And then you have to reevaluate and look at yourself and see what, what, what do I need to be working on? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to change? And then that is what is really developing us and pushing us to be our best selves. You know, so for anyone that finds themselves in a low moment, um, I encourage you to thank God for that moment. 
-hmm. because he is building you up for something that you're not even that you've never even imagined and it's going to be greater than whatever you lost and i and i i really believe that that's why i can when i get setbacks i don't even let it keep me down anymore because i know that this setback is preparing me for something greater and i have to pick myself up not wallow, not give myself a pity party, but I step back and I ask God, I'm like, all right, God, I see you. What am I supposed to be learning from this experience? And then I take it from there. Whew. That That is, you don't just wake up with this wisdom, right? No, you should. This comes from experience. And sometimes folks, that experience doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't look pretty. It's not packaged perfectly. But the wisdom that you're hearing today, those nuggets, we see you all commenting and sharing your ahas and your yeses, right? Mm -hmm. That comes from living and actually being willing enough to go through the process and come out of the process, having learned something, having something within actually changing you to help oh. you become a better person and show up in the world yes. more powerfully. And I just want to add, yeah, the Bible really um, has been very instrumental in providing me with that wisdom. Um, you know, and it's so weird because when I was younger, I could not understand the Bible for the life of me. It was like a, a, another language. And even now, like I still struggle but it's true what they say. If you want to find the answers to every problem that you are going through in your life, open up the word of God and it is right there. And for me, that is really where the wisdom comes from. You know, and it's funny because I was yesterday was my birthday. We drove to, to get some takeout and I was driving back home. There was a man on the corner with a mic and a speaker. Okay. And the message was, if God said it, I believe it. Mm. And I, I mean, it just, it stood with me. I wrote it in my, you know, I, I jotted it down in my phone because I want to remember that always. And, and it's true. If God said it, I believe it. And so whenever you're down, whenever you are wondering um, if you're on the right path, dig into the, the word of God. Uh, because the answers are there. They really are. If God said it, then I believe it. That right yep. there, yep. that's everything. But I'm with you, sis. On Like I was raised in church, right? So being in the Bible, my husband always quizzes me and I'll say something. He's like, where is that in the Bible? Or what right. verse is this? Because he knows the Bible, right? But I will say this to my folks, my fellow folks who struggle, get you the message, translation, or the amplified translation yes. of the Bible. I have a I have really a, a, a paraphrased Bible. So it's like in <laughs> layman's terms. So when I'm reading it, it's plain English and I can understand the message. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are going to get into our QA in this next segment. But before we do it, I want you to tell us about the work that you're doing with the Fierce Women Collective why it's so important and what's next for the organization oh my god the fierce woman is my baby um, and that organization was inspired 
by the work that I did with Gloria Rodriguez and her, her organization, um, the De Almas Women's Institute. Um, and it's, my organization is a personal and professional development agency for women to help them step more fully into themselves and really to create the next generation of leaders. And that's leaders everywhere, whether it's in the boardroom, whether you're leading your household, whether you're leading your own company, your own brand, your own business. Women were created to be leaders. And so oftentimes we put ourselves on the back burner because we're supporting everyone else around us. But I will tell you that unless you are fulfilled in the work that you're doing, everything that you do for everyone else is not going to matter. And ultimately you're not gonna be happy. So the work that I do with the Fierce Woman is really encouraging women to discover what they're passionate about, what their purpose is. And then as an organization, we provide the tools, access and opportunity to help them along their journeys. And we do that by way of workshops. Um, we have strate strategic visioning planning workshops. We have um, literacy workshops. We have um, interviewing skills, um, revamping your resume. So it's all of these different areas, depending on where you are on your journey. Um, our organization is really centered on helping you tap into the things that you want so that you come out um, your best self and step more fully into who God has created you to be in this world. And what's next for the organization? We recently just launched um, our membership. So for $14.99, you can become an exclusive member um, of the Fierce Woman. You have access um, to our workshops, webinars on, we have a members only uh, web portal where there's tons of resources on there for you free of charge. We have um, resume templates, um, business plans. Um, we have webinars on there. So all of it is really geared towards your personal and professional development. And then, well, now since we're quarantined, we don't have our, uh, our meetups um, in person, but we have virtual meetups and we meet monthly just so that we can kind of touch base with everyone to see where in their process or their journey they, they need help. Um, and I'm just looking forward uh, for us to get some sort of normalcy so that I can see all of my beautiful Fierce Women members and we can just celebrate each other and our successes up until this point. I think we can all clap and snap to that because we're all excited to um, get back to some sense of normalcy, although that what we knew as normal is no longer. I know. Um, now, is the Fierce Woman Collective only open to Latina women? Or is it no, listen, let me tell you something about, about me. I am for all women. Yes, I'm Latina but I have never wanted to do Latina only anything um, because I feel that's not how we dismantle the current system that we're in. So we're inclusive of Latinas, African-American, white, Asian. If you're, you're, the only requirement is you have to be a woman. 
That's it. <laughs> a woman or women, woman identifying because we love, you know, we're non-discriminatory. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. This has been so incredible. Before we get into the q and I'm going to open up and take a look at the comments. And if you have your questions, now is the time to ask them. Um, listen, when we say real, unscripted, unfiltered, and uncut, we mean exactly that. So anything is liable to happen during these live episodes. <laughs> and there's really nothing off limits. <laughs> Exactly. So get your questions ready and drop them in the comments and I'll take a look and see if we have any. If not, that's fine too. Just make sure that you comment, like, and share this content out. If you are enjoying this episode, make sure that you have your alerts on if you're watching from Facebook so that you can be notified when we go live. Same thing on YouTube. And if you are tuning in, watching this live on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, we welcome you. This will be available on demand as well on those streaming platforms. And we just want to thank you so much for joining us. Nancy, before we get out of here, can you please tell our viewers where they can find you? I'm easy to find because it's the same across everything. It's um, at I am Nancy Ruffin across all social media platforms. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's at I am Nancy Ruffin, my name. Uh, my website is also IamNancyRuffin.com. And if you go to my personal website, then you you'll, there's a link there that'll link you over to the Fierce Woman website. Um, and that's the FierceWoman.org. And then you can catch um, my YouTube, I have a weekly web series on there called In Conversation, and it's really um, faith-filled conversations about the everyday things that we go through in life and how to kind of come through on the other side of that. Um, so you can find me on YouTube, and I think it's just Nancy Ruffin, Nancy Ruffin TV. But that's it. And you can always reach out to Elle um, if you can't find me, but I'm easy to find. <laughs> She is. I am Nancy Ruffin. Remember the name. Yeah. <laughs> no longer this the Latina Oprah. She is the Nancy Ruffin. So we've got a great question here and I'm going to pull it up. What is Nancy's dream now? That's really, really good. That is, a, <laughs> that is a really good question. You know what? Um, this is something actually that I have been thinking a lot about during this time of quarantine because I feel like God has been using this time to cultivate a new thing in me. Don't know what that thing is yet, but my dream, oh, and this is the first time I'm saying it, is really to reach as, I'm getting emotional, reach as many people as I can and bring them back to God, get them closer to God. However, he does that for me. Ooh. Then this powerful. is the first time I've even said that out loud. Um, and the fact that I'm getting emotional about it makes it real. I know it's real. Thank well, you for that question. <laughs> yeah, Latasha Kennedy, that was an incredible question. Um, I, I want you to 
just love on yourself right now. And this is for all of our viewers too, because once you speak it, you release it. And that's, yeah. that's saying that, God, I trust you yeah. to breathe life into this dream. And I just want to add that even saying that is not boxing me in to one way of making that dream come true. And so what I'm doing is I'm allowing God to work in me with all of the talents and skills that I have. But ultimately, I want everything that I do to always point back to him. So I want my work to impact and influence others so profoundly that they find their way back to God like I did. And that's really what that dream is about. And it's an, a powerful dream. And I'm celebrating you. I'm cheering you on. I will use everything within my power and my being to help breathe life into that which you have been called to do because you are more than worthy. You are more than equipped. And most importantly, you're chosen. And I'm excited about your future and all of the women who are connected to you um, who will grow as a result of the impact yeah and the effect of hashtag the nancy ruffin as one of our viewers said yeah. yes the yeah. nancy ruffin that's keisha puckett claiming Keisha. yes from uh i see them i see the the comments on the yes. side yes i yes. just want to connect with all of them i thank you for your feedback for all of these messages i just love them and else i'm just so happy to be here i was the butterflies went away. <laughs> <laughs> we we jokingly talked about it just before we went live. Nancy and I have been media correspondents. We've been on air talent. We speak in front of large audiences, both on stage and on television. And it doesn't matter how many times we do this or how long we've been doing it. it you still get the butterflies. You still get the sweaty palms yeah. and you get nervous. And that's a good thing, right? I, yep. People think that because you're so experienced in something that, you know, you don't have any challenges with it or it doesn't scare you. Nothing could be further from the truth. And so I just want to encourage you that whatever you're doing, whatever you've been called to do and whatever your dreams are, continue to show up for your dreams, show up for yourself, butterflies and all, knees knocking right. and all. If Nancy can do it, if I can do it, you most certainly can do it because we are just mirror reflections of who you are, yes. right? So Nancy, do you have any last words for our viewers before we go? All I wanna say is just remember who you are, regardless of what the world tells you about who you are and about what you should be doing, regardless of what your family says or your so-called friends say, you remember you came into this world alone and you're gonna go alone. So while you're here, you have to live the life that matters to you because ultimately when it's all said and done, you want to look back at your life and say, God, I used everything that you gave me and I did my best yes. live for you because when you live for you, that spreads out to others. And the greatest gift that you can give is of yourself fully unapologetically in who you are. And the more honest you are about who you are, 
the more you're going to attract people who are like you. Sometimes that means you're going to lose people that are close to you, but those are not people that are supposed to be with you till the end. Everyone that we meet is a teacher and we're learning about ourselves constantly. But if you honor yourself always, you'll always remember where you're going. So just be true to who you are. Everything else is noise. Well, there you have it, folks. The Nancy Ruffin. <laughs> she has blessed us with her wisdom today. If you are enjoying this, if you have enjoyed this, we need to hear from you. Make sure that you continue to follow the conversation at hashtag beauty behind the brand live. We want to hear from you. What were your aha moments? What were your takeaways? And what did you absolutely love about today's episode? Until next time, I wish you all the greatest of health and wealth. Keep prospering, keep smiling, keep showing up. And you know it, keep elevating. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you. And thank you to all who tuned in. Mwah. Yes.